0: You know, people get saved in some unlikely places. Today's broadcast is about how a hardened jailer received a new life at midnight, standing outside a dark dungeon. It was the last thing from his mind, no doubt, when he left his home for work that day. Just another day dealing with the worst of society. Criminals that would slit his throat if they had the chance. But there were two prisoners in the cells that day, Paul and Silas. But they had done nothing wrong. They were put there because they were preaching the good news of the gospel, and the people didn't want it. You know, God had his eye on this jailer long before that morning dawned. In fact, he had sent the preachers specifically to the jailer's hometown of Philippi. It was no accident that he came into contact with Paul and Silas that evening. No accident that he heard them sing praises to a God that he did not know. No accident that that there was a tremendous earthquake that shook the prison to its foundations. He knew he was as good as dead if any of the criminals had escaped. But just as he pulled out his sword to end his life, a cry rang out Do yourself no harm! Yes, God was right on time. That night, the jailer trusted Christ as his Savior, and his life was never the same again. What a marvelous story, preserved in Holy Scripture for us. Today, Speaker Stephen Harper goes over the various elements of this amazing event. How God singles out sinners. How he speaks to sinners through the gospel. How he saves those who call out to him. And lastly, how he changes lives. Let's listen as Mr. Harper explains.
1: Just a short reading tonight, please, from the book of the Acts, and chapter 16. We will begin reading at verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in, and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. I was thinking, you know, that when it comes to the gospel and when we think about this story of the jailer, Acts 16, I was thinking that no one has ever asked a more important question, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And no one ever got a clearer, more straightforward answer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. This man, of whom we have read this evening, is a perfect example of a man who was on the radar screen of the eternal God. And I want to see this evening how God crossed his path. That's really the burden of my message this evening. I want to see how that God singles out individuals. God generally doesn't work in crowds. He works with an individual here and there. Just as he worked with this man on a very individual basis, And as I was thinking about this, and I was thinking today about the story of the jailer and how God dealt with him, I remembered the words of Elihu in the book of Job. Elihu said, God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men while they slumber on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and terrifies them with warnings that he may turn man aside from his deed and conceal pride from a man. He keeps back his soul from the pit, his life from perishing by the sword. I wonder, am I speaking to someone? You remember times when God, in a dream, in a vision of the night, or perhaps when you were slumbering, you woke and God was speaking to you. And you've been hearing the voice of God And God has been dealing with you personally in a variety of different ways. Would you listen to what Elihu says? In this, we ought to give thanks because Elihu says, he opens the ears of men and he terrifies them with warnings. Why does God terrify men and women with warnings? Is it because God is a terrorist? Absolutely not. God is not a terrorist. We've been trying to impress upon you. God loves you and he cares for you. And because God loves you and he cares for you, he intervenes in the circumstances of your life. He crosses the path of individuals. Listen, he keeps back his soul from the pit, his life from perishing by the sword. For my first point this evening, we really need to think about the back story In Acts chapter 16. I want to think for a moment about a call in a vision. And then I want to think about a cry from the prison. And then my final point this evening will be the change of direction in the life of this man. Whom God crossed in a very, very, very distinct way. But whom God crossed in love and out of pity for his soul. A call. In a vision, if we had read earlier in the book of the Acts, we'd see that the gospel had been moving forward mightily. But the apostle Paul, as he's moving through an area called Galatia, he tries to go into Asia and Bithynia, but he finds that a door is closed. The door is firmly closed. And then in a vision in the night, he hears a call, a man from Macedonia, come over and help us. And the Apostle Paul says, we clearly recognized this was a call from God. We were to move into Macedonia. And that's what they did. And they found themselves in Philippi. And as they come to Philippi, they come across a prayer meeting. And they preached the word of the Lord at a prayer meeting where the women had gathered together. And there was a woman there. Her name was Lydia. The Bible says the Lord had opened her heart. She was responsive to the message and she got saved and as the apostles continue preaching the gospel you remember the story there was a demon possessed woman there a demon possessed girl paul casts the demon out of the girl as a result of which and i'm cutting a long story short he finds himself before the magistrates and the apostles paul and silas they are treated very very badly they're whipped they're scourged and they're cast into a prison And at midnight, in the prison, they're singing praises to God, and they're praying. And God sends an earthquake. You see, the point is simply this. God singles out sinners. All that that I have described, all of that took place because there was a jailer in Philippi, and God had his eye upon him. The door into Asia and Bithynia closed. Why? Because there's a jailer in Philippi. The call in a vision, the man from Macedonia, come over and help us. Why? Because there's a jailer in Philippi. The woman at the prayer meeting who gets saved and the subsequent story with the demon-possessed girl and the appearing before the magistrates and all that unlawful treatment The mistreatment of Paul and Silas. Why? Because there's a jailer in Philippi. And the Lord has his eye upon him. And the earthquake in the prison that night. Why? Because there's a jailer in Philippi. I don't want to overstate it this evening. God has his eye upon you. And he's singling you out. God is singling you out. That's how God works. He singles sinners out. And it may not be that God has sent an earthquake into your life, but maybe there has been some upheaval. I wouldn't try to guess what that upheaval might be. I wouldn't try for a moment to second guess the circumstances that have crossed your pathway, difficulties, problems, and maybe things that have literally wakened you at night. And possibly it is just for this reason God is singling you out. There was a man sleeping. Can you imagine? The prisoners are there. I don't know what the jail in Philippi was like. I don't imagine it was very pleasant. And I don't know the personal circumstances of Paul and Silas. I'm pretty sure that it wasn't very comfortable. They'd been lashed. They'd been whipped. And they'd been made fast in the stocks. And yet there they are. They're in the prison. Everything around them is dark and dismal. And very, very bleak. And and here's two men, and they're singing their hearts out to God. Have you got something that enables you to sing even when times are tough? That's what salvation does. Salvation gives you something to sing about even when times are tough. Someone said joy, Christian joy, are God's shock absorbers for life. It's good to have a shock absorber for life, isn't it? And that's what salvation is. And here were two men of God in the very worst of circumstances. And the joy of the Lord fills their souls. And they're able to sing. But, but there's another man. He's not singing. He's just sleeping. Sleeping. Sleeping in his sins. But God has his eye upon him. When sinners sleep, God speaks. Did you get that? When sinners sleep, God speaks. And I think I'm speaking to some in the meeting tonight. And if I might respectfully say so, you would need to wake up. You would need to wake up. This jailer was not only awakened physically, but he was awakened spiritually. He began to understand something of his need. At first, his fear was of punishment by his merciless superiors. He thought the prisoners were gone. And so he draws his sword and he's about to take his own life because he's afraid of what his merciless superiors are going to do to him. But instantly, it seems his fear turns not from what the superiors are able to do to him, But he begins to appreciate how serious his condition is before God. And he cries out, what must I do to be saved? Because he realizes that he has to meet a merciful God. He's worried about merciless superiors. But he understands that he's going to meet a merciful God. And his question about salvation was undoubtedly because God had spared his life. He realized that God had the power to slay him, but God had kept him alive. And that caused fear in his heart. He realized God is taking a dealing with me. And because God is taking a dealing with me, I need to waken up. And he cries out, what must I do to be saved? Have you ever woken up to your need? Sinners sleeping on the very brink of hell Serious place to be. Sleeping on the brink of hell. And here's a man, a sinner sleeping. God speaks. You need to wake up. But I enjoyed this as I meditated on it today. When sinners are shaken, God saves. When sinners sleep, God speaks. But when sinners are shaken, God saves because this man cries from the depths of his heart. He cries into the depths of the prison. His cry is simple. What must I do to be saved? And as we were reminded the other evening, likely in unison, the two apostles, Paul and Silas, they cry out a very simple, a very clear message. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved believe on the lord jesus christ and you will be saved that is the message of the gospel in the end of the day you can crystallize it all down to these few words what must i do to be saved believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved no more important message no more important question no simpler no clearer answer believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt Be saved. Our verse said, They spoke the word of the Lord to him, the gospel to him and to his household. They would have spoken to him about the righteousness of God, reminding him about the serious penalty of sin. They would have spoken to him about the love of God. They would have told him about God's patience with sinners. Wasn't it good that God was patient with that jailer until that very moment and gave him yet another opportunity to repent? They would have spoken to him about the death of Christ. The payment for sin. We've been reminded about that this evening. The payment, the full payment that Christ made for sin upon the cross. They would have spoken to him, no doubt, as they preached the word of the Lord to him. They would have spoken to him about the resurrection of Christ. They would have told him, God gives those who trust in Christ power over sin. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I spoke to him about salvation, the forgiveness and cleansing that there is through faith in his name. When sinners sleep, God speaks. When sinners shake, when they tremble, God saves. I want to ask the question again. Has God been speaking to you in a dream, in a vision of the night, in circumstances and difficulties in life? It's good that God pursues sinners. Sometimes he pursues them through ill health. Sometimes he pursues them through bereavement. Sometimes he pursues them whenever things get difficult in the workplace and maybe through the loss of a job. Sometimes he pursues them through family difficulties in different ways. God crosses the paths of individuals. And his intention is always this, to keep back their soul from the pit. To keep back his life from perishing by the sword. And if God has been speaking to you, if you have been hearing his voice, waken up. Waken up. And if God has aroused your attention this evening, and if there is that fear within your soul, the fear of being lost for all eternity, would you from your heart cry out, what must I do to be saved? Would you hear the answer? It's a simple answer. I can't make it any simpler than this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. In those circumstances, a man with his sword drawn, ready to take his own life. There wasn't time for a great exposition. There was only time for the life-giving words. And this was all he needed. And this is all you need. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. Would you trust him? Would you trust the Lord Jesus Christ? He's the only one who's able. He's the only one who's ready to save. He gave his life upon the cross in order to save you. Would you not trust him this evening? A call in a vision, come over and help us. That changed the whole of the apostles' plans. And it brought these two men right to where a jailer in Philippi needed to hear the gospel. A cry from the prison, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Then there's the change of direction in the man's life. God saves sinners. God singles out sinners. God speaks to sinners. But God saves sinners. Praise his name. God saved this man. What a change. Salvation. Makes a change. Salvation never disappoints. The salvation of God never lets you down. Because God never lets you down. And it makes such a change. It tells us he believed. He believed in Christ for salvation. He was once faithless. But now he believes. He rejoiced. He was once fearful. But now he's rejoicing in Christ's forgiveness. It tells us how that he cared. This man that had been so callous and indifferent. When bleeding men were put into his charge, he just made them fast in the stocks. And now the same man is washing their wounds. That's what salvation does. It gives you a care in your heart. The scriptures speak about the love of God which is shed abroad in our hearts. What a wonderful thing the love of God is. It turns callous sinners into those that care. It's a lovely thing. Salvation's a beautiful thing. And it turns wretched sinners into beautiful people for the praise of God's glory. And he obeyed. He obeyed. Because that very same night, he obeyed Christ and his command to be baptized. Salvation's real. Makes a change. Has God been singling you out? Has God been speaking? Has God trying to get your attention? God's trying to get your attention. And this account is left on record for our benefit. It's an example of how God deals with guilty sinners. Will you respond tonight as the jailer did? Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I can promise you, on the authority of the Bible, and from personal experience, him that cometh to me, the Lord Jesus says, I will in no wise cast out. And I can promise you, salvation will never let you die. Never. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved.
0: Well, has any of this ever happened to you? I don't mean have you ever been a prison guard or had a building collapse around you. I mean, have you ever had circumstances in your life rearranged in such a way that you were made to think of your soul's salvation? Maybe this story has awakened you to your great need as well. Well, the answer for you today is exactly the same as that which was given to the Philippian jailer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is Glenn Todd.